Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the OK Vibes podcast. Today, I will be going over my blog post titled The Worst Halloween Ever, which was published on October 31st, 2022. And I do have to warn you all in advance, give you a bit of a trigger warning, just because I feel like that would be irresponsible of me not to do because things trigger me. So I'd like to know in advance if something may be, uh, you know, a little rough on my soul in advance. So I do want to say that this episode will involve details that involve some emotional abuse and physical abuse. So if that's something that you feel like you're not in the headspace to hear, that's fine. Cut this episode off right now. I just want to let people know in advance because it's not always easy to hear stories like that of people that have been in abusive relationships because that is essentially what the topic of this episode is about and I'm hoping that by sharing my story that it can help some people and it's definitely not um, a way for me to feel like oh my gosh let me be the victim right now because I can admit before I get into everything that I did allow some of my old demons to flare up and pop up during the course of being in this abusive relationship and I may or may not have hinted towards that. I'm not sure if you've all read the blog post that this is associated with, but if you haven't, please go read and that'll give you a better idea of whether or not you do want to get into the details of this sordid mess. But I can say I've taken a step back and have taken a lot of time to process my role in the situation and to also just feel my feels because that's something that I was not always good at before. Uh, I've learned in the past couple of years to really sit with my feelings, but in particular because of this situation, because it was traumatic for me. And I felt like, unfortunately, but fortunately, it's what I needed in order to get a better hold of my feelings. So if you've been with me for this long, listening to the podcast or even reading my blog, then you're aware that I was engaged and that engagement came to an end. Uh, I would say officially a year ago, well, over a year ago now, on Halloween of 2021. That's when shit really escalated. And I'm going to do my best to read to you my journal entry. And please forgive me if I have some pauses come up because I have mentioned this person's name within the entry. And I want to make sure that I don't mention their name. So chances are I might switch it up and just say he or him just so that I don't mention that person's name. So I'm going to get ready to read this journal entry and I will warn you it is a three pager, but hopefully won't feel like it's three pages. So here we go. This is my journal entry dated Sunday, which is the day Halloween fell on in 2021. Tomorrow, I'm calling out of work so that I can file a PFA. For those of you that don't know, I have the sidebar. A PFA stands for Protection from Abuse Order. Against him, I am finally accepting the message the universe has been telling me for so long. That he and I 
weren't meant to be, let alone made for marriage. He drove Autumn and I to a drag show in Philly yesterday evening. Autumn and I weren't aware that there would be a male strip show afterwards until we arrived at the venue. I communicated this to him and even assured him that we would be leaving once the drag show was over. He flipped out, blew up my phone, then showed up to the event and caused such a bad scene that Autumn and I ended up taking a lift home, which he trailed until we hit 95. The lift driver formerly worked in the prison system and damn near hit the nail on the head about him. Based on the scene he'd made outside of the drag show venue, which involved me almost getting pushed into his car, him bucking up at Autumn, and me throwing my engagement rings at his chest. Two nice gentlemen that had chatted us up inside the club looked out for Autumn and I while we waited for our lift. Security and the bartenders made sure that I was kept away from him per my request, truly hoping there's no recording of that shit he pulled outside floating around. I eventually came home after having a quiet moment at Autumn and her partner's place. They especially, Autumn more so, have been truly helpful through this as I'm still processing it all, still stunned that this incident could have been avoided if he wasn't an insecure hothead, if perhaps he would have fought harder to get help instead of feeding his own wondering thoughts of destruction and delusion. Of course, he was waiting for me in my room in the dark. <sighs> I didn't spot his car in the parking lot. He eventually told me he'd parked it at Wawa. So he clearly wanted to throw me off. Of course, arguing ensued. And as per usual, I was forced to stay up until nearly 3 a.m. over it. I barely slept and didn't want him in bed with me, but didn't protest much to try to soothe him. At some point during the night, he placed his broken hand on me, which made me recoil inside. Around 8.30 a.m., he started in on me again, refused to let me rest until I agreed to work things out. After so many no responses, he finally let me off with a maybe, and I'd ask God in advance to forgive me for lying. I knew the very moment that he decided to act like a damn fool in Philly that I had to make sure once and for all that I made the breakup successful after all of my failed attempts. How much more hope could I have for a hopeless situation? How much more disrespect was I willing to endure? Could I seriously keep making excuses to stay in this relationship with someone that showed their ass so comfortably in front of my BFF? In the midst of it, I was able to let Autumn know that I wanted the cops to come over. She alerted them and arrived after they did. Apparently, he didn't have to leave due to a 30-day residency rule I was unaware of. Eventually, he left with most of, most of his stuff in trash bags and gave me back the apartment key. I went with my son to Autumn's for a good chunk of the day, came home and cried, apologized to my son and reassured him that this shit was over. 
waiting for my eldest child to come home now so I can apologize to them too. So that's the end of that particular entry. And I'm not going to lie, my heart started beating a little bit, just started racing a bit because I was just being brought back to that time um, that was damn near a year ago of just that sense of panic, that sense of feeling unsafe, just not knowing what was going to happen. It was a whole fucking lot, as you could hear, that happened. And I did mention about him breaking his hand. He did that in the midst of us arguing when he basically uh, pretended like uh, he had left but was really waiting in my room in the dark for me when I got home. And he had punched, I want to say he punched a wall or something because he was so pissed and ended up um, damaging his hand. I don't remember if it actually was broken or not. I just know that it was damaged and he claimed he couldn't move it or whatever. And it, it was just a lot. It was just a lot, and that's not the first time we had gotten into such a heated exchange. Not to that extent where how it started off and everything, but we had a lot of late-night um, arguments, him blowing up and getting pissed, me yelling back. There was even a few times where, out of defense for myself, because he would not allow me to leave my bedroom if we were, because we usually were arguing in my bedroom, Um, which he would stay over some, which that explains the whole 30-day residency then because at that point he had moved in with me, Um, even though he wasn't there every single day. But apparently, I guess if, you know, you live someplace uh, more than a certain amount of time, whatever, I don't know, don't, I can't even think of all that right now because (laughs) I'm still just swirling in the details of everything. But allegedly, um, he, you know, he was allowed to stay, which was part of the issue because I really wanted him to leave in the midst of him trying to beg for forgiveness and all that, um, like begging me to work things out. I, you know, it was, I just really didn't want to be bothered. I mean, how could I want to be bothered? I still couldn't believe everything that happened that once again, I'm exhausted because of staying up damn near half the night arguing with him because he couldn't just calm down it it was just a lot and there were times going back to what I was saying earlier sorry I just realized I went off on a tangent accidentally again um but yeah there there were a few times where I actually did hit him because he either you know got rough with me or you know was all in my face and I'm like please leave me alone get out of my face I need to go take a walk to calm down and he would just block the bedroom door and wouldn't let me out And, you know, so basically holding me hostage. So that wasn't the first time that shit happened as far as, you know, and basically just saying, no, you can't go anywhere until you agree to what I'm saying and listen to me and listen to what I'm saying and just not respecting the fact that I needed space. That was always a huge situation with him. And believe it or not, that was not the end of it. And if y'all recall Autumn, also Audie J, a.k.a. Team Strawberry, who's appeared on the show a few times before. Yes, that is the Autumn I was referencing in that journal entry that was there that night with me and witnessed this whole thing. And she plans on jumping in on here later in this episode to give her perspective on the situation which I appreciate because I did ask her in advance. It wasn't a, hey, you got you to gotta do this and say something about this. I asked her because I know it was traumatic for her as well. But she has agreed to come on, so y'all will be hearing her a little later. 
And Jen Curcio is actually going to be coming back on the show just to talk about some red flags she had because she and I both had some commonalities with being in an abusive relationship. So we're definitely going to be talking about the red flags we saw in both of our partners because unfortunately they seem to be a lot alike. Hell, maybe they were even separated at birth. At this point, I wouldn't be motherfucking surprised. But anyhow, moving right along, I do want to read my follow-up entry after this night because I feel like this is also important as well and to give y'all a perspective just even more about the situation because, of course, it didn't just end at that night. (sighs) All right, so let's get into it. And this was taken, uh, entered in my journal on Sunday, November 7th, 2021. So this was about a week after the situation. Looking forward to the day that I don't cry or feel the urge over this heartbreak. The mixed emotions, random memories, and flashbacks to the last weekend have me feeling off balance, naturally. And of course, the dreaded reminder that this devastation could have been avoided if I would have left sooner or if he would have gotten and stuck with treatment sooner. I don't hate him. My heart doesn't accept hatred anymore. Yesterday wasn't easy, seeing as this is the first weekend that we haven't spent together. Today marks a week that we've been over. He kept blowing up my phone yesterday from a block collar ID left some voicemails expressing pain and regret, begging me to talk to him. I attempted to report the harassment, but since he still hasn't been served the PFA, he's not in violation of contacting me. What fucking point was there to filing an emergency PFA then? Goddamn judicial system. During the afternoon, he quietly returned the safety bar and my monogram weekend bag. Still waiting for the sorry-ass event agency to refund me for the wedding, which is adding to my low vibes since I need the money and want to close that chapter of this failed love story. It's difficult for me not to cry as I work the pen. As much as I've been telling myself that I can't go back to him and why, I can't deny that I still love him and miss the sweet energy he bore and showered me with. His smile, voice different laughs, cuddling, and looking into his eyes, getting lost in them momentarily. But then I remind myself that his damage is what broke us, and it would take a miracle to fix that. All of it. I'm still wishing him well and have sent him healing energy. What's worse, a one-sided love or loving someone that's emotionally unstable? So that's it for that entry. Three days later, he popped up on me at the mailbox area where I lived. And thankfully, I did make a journal entry about that. So I'm going to read that to y'all. This was recorded on a Tuesday on November 9th, 2021. He popped up on me at the mailbox last night. I had a feeling that he was waiting for me to get home, especially since he was blowing up my phone After I got off work, I stopped at Walmart before facing the inevitable, hoping it would buy me some time to avoid him, hoping he would give up and go. Of course not. 
He cried and begged me for another chance, even squatted and held onto my calves while he sobbed on my leggings. As I expected, he kept wanting me to hear him out, to let him back into my life since he claimed that he couldn't bear the pain of not having me in his. He tried hugging and kissing me. Not gonna lie, I was a bit distracted when I felt his penis on my thigh. Through it all, I had moments of yelling the truth at him and laughed in his face a lot. I told him he was a joke to me and had a lot of nerve trying to push what he thinks is best for me on me. I reminded him that if he loved me so much that we wouldn't be in this position now, that we would have had a consistently healthy relationship. I declared that he had me and he fucked it up. So why should I torture myself with having more useless hope for him? I told him he emotionally abused me. Doesn't matter if it was due to his undiagnosed mental illness or not. That I, need, I needed a year of no contact to heal. That he shouldn't be worried about me moving on and more concerned about getting the overdue help he needs. If I begin seeing someone else, it's no longer his problem. No longer his business. Some way... That is no same way that's no longer my concern who he decides to take up his time with. A lot was said, but I didn't fold. I didn't make him any promises. I made a point to tell him that I don't owe him shit, and he rebuttaled that he owes it to me to prove that he can get better, that he'll show everyone and make amends. I wished him luck because he'll need it if he's going to attempt to repair everything he destroyed. My heart may be broken, but my spirit is strengthening. And that's the end of that particular journal entry. And just to give you more clarity about the emergency PFA, as I said earlier, even though I didn't write the definition in my journal entry on that Halloween entry, I just wanted to sidebar it for you all in case you're not familiar with that term, because I'm aware every place may not address that as the same way or every place may not have um, those certain type of orders in place, which a lot of places call it a restraining order. Um, here in Delaware, it's known as a protection from abuse order. So um, the emergency version of that, you go to the courthouse, of course, which is why I had to take off work. I mean, I just wasn't mentally well anyway. So I utilized that day to go to the courthouse. I was there damn near half the day, just following that, give my reasons for why it needed to go into effect immediately. However, the police department or the judicial system, whatever, failed to serve it to him immediately. So that's why he technically was still allowed to contact me and everything, even though in that emergency PFA, it stated, you know, all contact should cease immediately. None of that should be going on. Basically, all my wishes, like staying away from me, don't go to my workplace, don't go to my home. And I even put in my mother's address, don't go there. So, yeah, the fact that I basically was still getting harassed for like a week didn't help the situation at all. So it does annoy me that I even had to call the police department, I think, once or twice to say, hey, have you served him yet? Have you served him yet? Because he's harassing me. So that sucked, especially considering what if, you know, he, he would have, you know, just rolled up on me when he did pop up on me the day I had mentioned and would have threatened to kill me or could have killed me, you know, because he had threatened bodily harm to me before. He had threatened to ruin my life if I would have left him. Because as I had mentioned in my previous entry that I read, there were multiple times that I did try to end the relationship. 
but I didn't because I thought he really was going to change. And as far as the change goes with his anger issues, he also had told me that he had been previously diagnosed with bipolar and he clearly was suffering from PTSD as well. And I know that because of the many discussions we had. And, you know, not that I'm a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I know I can't formally diagnose anybody. That's why I'm saying all this. But I could definitely see in his erratic behavior that he did suffer from some mental health issues. And he would just sporadically take his medication. He didn't really take it the way he should. I I remember at one point, I don't remember the name of the medication he was on, but he would complain about how it made him feel, like it made him feel numb and everything. And it's like, I get that. You know, you want to be able to take medication and still enjoy life. And if you feel like you're just, the medication is just making you numb to everything, you're not really enjoying life. You're just kind of on autopilot. So I get that totally. But the fact that he did have such issues and was very hot-headed, you know, would be verbally aggressive, get physically aggressive, was very concerning. I mean, even as far as that display in public where he really just lashed out and was freaking out on me, um, that wasn't the first time that he embarrassed me in public. Not to that extent, but he definitely has gotten loud with me in a public place to where people were looking, of course, and like, uh, what the fuck's going on? You know, and I'm trying to be calm because... I don't want this type of attention. I don't want the cops getting called. It was just a lot. It was a lot being in that situation. And I could feel parts of myself being dimmed. I could feel myself spiritually withering away. It was mentally taxing, emotionally taxing, having to deal with someone who just didn't seem to consistently vibrate on a healthy wavelength. It was always just you know, he's happy or he's pissed off or he's sad. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and not to say anybody out here is quote unquote normal. Okay. But that to me was not quote unquote normal behavior for a grown man to have. And I can honestly say, I really truly hope that during all this time that he has really sat with himself and gotten the help he's needed and that he's also realized that it's best to let whatever thoughts he may have had about rekindling a romance with me go because I have zero interest in doing that zero interest people like I can't even stress it enough the time I've had to sit here and process everything which also made me have to take a good hard look at myself again because I've been through Uh, one of those times of having to look deep within, look at the man in the mirror, so to speak. But I had to do it again. I had to do it again because I had to ask myself, how did I allow for this to go on for so long aside from love and all that? Like what else within me am I missing or have not built upon enough to allow somebody for a year and a half to treat me this way? Somebody who claimed to love me, want to spend their life with me and all these other things. Why would I allow such disrespect to happen? Especially knowing at that time, you know, I was already very stressed because the jobs I had. I had, what, two jobs during this time we were together that were stressful. Um, and I've touched on those before. If y'all have listened to Working Versus Working Hard, where I talk about those two jobs I had that were on call, very demanding, very stressful. And dealing with him on top of that was just, woof, let me tell you something. I was not at my best. 
And then, of course, I still had to take care of my two kids at home, still needed to show up for my friends, which was also difficult because I was either the friend that couldn't show up to events or I would be late to shit. So I just was not hitting a home run in every aspect of my life at that time. And then having this damaging relationship on top of it, it definitely wasn't helping anything. It was bringing me down even more. And I also chose to do some self-therapy to help myself get through this breakup and to also help myself be better with myself, which is why now if you follow me on Twitter or even on Instagram, I'll repost like self-care quotes a lot of times in my stories just because it's a reminder for me, but it's also like a reminder or even just a healthy idea to other people just to say, hey, don't forget about yourself. You got to take care of yourself. And these are the things you should look at when it comes to cultivating a better life for yourself, because it's so easy for us to get caught up in things that truly aren't serving us and trying to make those things work when if they were really for us, they would be working a lot better. <laughs> and they like people is one dealing with people is one of those things. You know, we can't change people. And if somebody's taking away more than adding to your life, they got to go, period. So during my self-therapy journey, I leaned heavily onto Kendall D's book, Getting Over Him and Back to You, Journal Prompts and Quotes. I completed that. I'm not even sure how long it took me to complete it. Actually, I have the book right here. So I can tell you, I started working on it officially on January 8th, 2022, and I entered the last journal prompt entry on April 16th, 2022. And one of the reasons it took me so long to do is because I did go on vacation in January this year. I went to New Orleans, and if y'all want to hear about the excitement or some of the excitement I had there particularly going to a couple strip clubs, please go back and listen to my episode titled, I Love Strippers. But anyway, (laughs) so that's part of the reason why it took me a bit to finish it. And there's also the very last prompt at the end of this book that asks for you to wait for 60 days um, just so you can give time to come back and do this entry properly because it's not expected for you to complete it right away because you need more time to think. You need some space. You need to breathe. You need to really reflect and have some time to heal. So I do want to share that journey with y'all. We'll read it right now. So it says, final notes and thoughts. Journal tip. Use this space to come back to after 30 to 60 days to see how your thoughts have changed and how far you've come on your journey. So here's what I entered. My attitude and zest for life are at an all-time high. Since I've let him go and got into a better relationship with myself, my quality of life has improved and I'm mentally stronger than I have ever been in life. I am free from having to settle for less than what I deserve from a partner. My stress is manageable and I become more financially and spiritually abundant. I am looking forward to having more good times on my own terms with healthy boundaries in place. No longer am I walking on eggshells. My kids and I are spending more quality time together. Life tastes sweeter without the bitterness of a toxic romance. One of the best decisions I've ever made was to leave him. I realize now that I'm on the other side of heartache, that I need to continue pouring into myself and all that is serving me 
in an effort to live my most authentic and best life. I am worthy of living a blissful existence. I deserve it. I don't fear dying uncoupled. I fear not going my own way before making another attempt to settle down. I am whole. I am loved. I am valued. I am eternally loved by the universe and everything is working in my favor. My friend of many, many years, my soul sister since 1997, who has been on the show before she first appeared on the episode titled, Is He on the Pill? I welcome back to the show, Jen Curcio, to tell her abusive relationship story, which involved someone who, uh, yeah, I guess for lack of a better phrase would be a unhinged right wing lesbian. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey, my friend. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm good. I just had to close up all the, the windows and the doors because, you know, it's always loud out in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you could have just left it open for a little extra background music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back. I really appreciate you jumping on here and taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Of course. You're delightful. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So now I'm like, all right, how do you want to begin telling your tale? Because how I feel like... This is also a scary story, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll get into it. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it was like seven years ago. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah. But yeah, um, seven years ago, uh, you know, I, I like formally came out of the closet as queer and my friends were like, let's get you on Tinder. So I <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's like this is how we're gonna break that cherry in. Let's get on Tinder. Yeah. And I was like, wait, like looking back, I'm like, wait, no, that's like the worst thing. Do not do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I got on Tinder and it was like we had like a fun um girls' night of it, a couple friends and myself and I, you know, the next day when I woke up, I had like a ton of messages from one person and that should have been a red flag. Like now, cause here's the other thing. Like I think it's important for people to know my background. Like I had always dated men with the exception of like a secret girlfriend in high school. And so I only dated like two guys. One was in high school and then one was like, through college and like it like it started in college and it lasted for like a really long time like 10 years so it's gotta be like the longest beard time ever yeah exactly <laughs> i mean i'm in the guinness book of world records no i'm not <laughs> you should submit an entry <laughs> i should <laughs> um but yeah so i i did that and so like i didn't i really had no idea about dating I'll be honest like I, I really didn't know like what to look for like what to watch out for so I was like oh okay a bunch of messages you must be real interested and... right <laughs> yes, <man. laughs> yeah exactly I was like cool you're definitely into it 
Um, but I didn't think like, oh, am I into it? But so <laughs> I like quickly jumped into this relationship and immediately started to like feel weird about things. Like um, this, this woman would just kind of like pop up randomly. Like one time I was like, oh, I can't hang out. Like very early on, the, the whole relationship was five months. So there was never like a long, a long time, but uh, early on in the relationship, there was like a time when I was like, oh, I can't, I can't hang out tonight. I'm going to go to my friend's birthday party. And she seriously, I mean, look, I don't know if, if this was just a coincidence, but it strikes me as real weird. She was just out front of my apartment building when I walked out to go to my friend's place. And yeah, and it was like a little bit of a red flag and then she like insisted she said she was just babysitting in the neighborhood i don't know i i kind of don't believe it but i definitely don't believe it because what are the odds yeah <laughs> exactly and tell you this in advance like oh that same time i'll be babysitting or you know yeah like no forewarning about that come on like i think i would at least say something because i wouldn't want it to look weird if i did run right. the first person you know exactly so yeah, so that was, like, one thing. And then she insisted on going to the party. And so that was, like, mm-hmm. one of the first, like, red flag moments. And then it kind of quickly just got real bad after that. I mean, there was, like, an incidence of um, physical abuse. Um, just one, but still, one is too many. Still one, and then, exactly. Yeah, and then um, she she outed me which was really uncomfortable because yeah and you know it's like she basically forced me to come out to my parents and this was maybe four weeks into the damn relationship it wasn't like oh yeah it wasn't like i don't think you ever even told me that part happened that she forced Ah. you into that holy shit yeah she forced me she was like look you know here's the ultimatum like you either come out to your parents or we're done and I should have taken that moment to be like bye right (laughs) right right but I was like oh maybe she's and that was the thing it's like I was always questioning myself and now that I'm in like a good healthy relationship I'm like no that a real like a good partner doesn't make you question yourself ever right exactly yeah, so uh, I thought maybe I was being ridiculous by not coming out, so I did it, and it was not good, and uh, I immediately burst into tears, and she started taking photos of me while I was while crying. While you're crying? Yeah, like the weirdest, most intrusive thing. What the fuck? Exactly. Who exactly. Yeah, and then she oh. took it a... She took it a step further and was like, let's go get ice cream to celebrate. <laughs> I was what? like, like yeah. I, I am beside myself right now. I, I don't think I want ice cream. It's not going to help. Yeah, I was like, I don't think my mother ever wants to talk to me again. I don't want fucking ice cream. That's like the last thing I give a fuck about right now. Right. God damn. Yeah. So we went out. We got ice cream. I was still crying. Children were terrified um because who the hell cries in an ice cream shop exactly (laughs) what the hell yeah so then it it got even worse because i said hey please 
you know, I knew she was very big into social media and I was like, please don't post these photos and don't, you know, don't like post about me coming out. My family doesn't know yet. Like the rest of my family, like aunts and uncles and cousins. And um, sure enough, like an hour later, bam, she does it. And what the fuck? Yeah. So that was like the biggest, Mm -hmm. that was like the outing portion of it. And, you know, of course that like caused so much more turmoil because everybody's calling my mom like what did you know about this which is upsetting her even more and she was like why would you do it because she didn't really understand you know my mom she doesn't mess around at all with social media so she was like why did you post about this and I was like I didn't it was my girlfriend um and then the next day I'm like just looking forward to going to work to get away from all this chaos at home and the creepy dude in my office is going around with his phone and i knew it was about me because he's telling everybody oh, motherfucker. yeah he, he was like he's he literally said we thought she liked the d turns out she likes the v and no. i was like that's me oh <laughs> you know gosh. yeah and it was just so uncomfortable and i was like cool like i'm out i'm like being outed in like every aspect of my life and I didn't know how the people at work were going to respond. Fortunately, all but, like, one person was really cool. Um, and weirdly, the one person who wasn't cool was the other lesbian. Really? Uh, yeah, because... <laughs> what the here, hell are the odds? Well, here's what ended up happening. Uh, because you can't go around telling people your coworker loves vagina, <laughs> HR got involved. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just so <laughs> fucking ridiculous to even say out loud. People, come on, man. Yeah, it's like, okay, cool. <sighs> Noted. Keep it to yourself then. Yeah, like, damn. Yeah, so HR got involved. They asked me about it. I burst into tears. I oh. give them the whole situation. And the lady, like, I told her, even down to, like, the thing about, like, not it not going well with my parents and this HR woman was just, she burst into tears and she was like, I promise you it's going to get better. Like California has laws about, you know, retaliation and like all this stuff. So like, we're, we're going to, we're going to fire him. And I was like, that's all right. Like, I was like, it's okay. You don't have to fire him. It's just, I'm really uncomfortable. Can I just go home and cry? (laughs) So they did fire the guy. And that's when um, the other queer woman in the office was like fuck you <laughs> oh mm-hmm. wow yeah so it's just really uncomfortable and then even it just got even worse like um there was a comedian another uh female comedian who I mean, i'm not gonna drop her name but she came out about being abused in her relationship and she dated a guy who was also a comedian and he was immediately like blacklisted and my my now ex was like if you ever fuck with me i'm gonna do this to you whoa yeah and i was like wait what do you mean she was like i'll get you blacklisted from comedy and i was like did i do something like what (laughs) i don't understand like do you feel abused like what and she was like, no, but don't fuck with me. And I was like, okay, I feel like this is kind of wrong. Like, even if you're joking, it's, like, not cool to joke about this. Like, Definitely not. Yeah, so I was just like, 
I mentioned it to friends and they were like, that's, that's a threat. Like your girlfriend is threatening you. I don't think that's right. You know? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I ended up going home for Christmas that year. And when I was home, a lot of friends that I saw back home and like, even, you know, friends in LA were texting me, like, I think you got to get out of this relationship. Like, it's not good, you know? And so when I got back, uh, a few people had an intervention, like a few friends and they were like, you're not who you used to be. Mm you are like a shell of the person you were like you used to be like so outgoing and just always out like, shows and um because for people who don't know me, i do comedy and um you're funny like, as fuck by the uh, way sidebar. So I, so I was so happy that i got to see you live just a sidebar for people oh thank <laughs> you jen's been doing comedy a while and of course you know you see posts and stuff but it's not the same as going to see somebody live just killing it in their uh-huh. craft and i got the pleasure to do that recently when i got to finally go visit you in lovely sunny los angeles california <laughs> so that was awesome oh so yeah that. so thank that's you another reason to follow jen oh <laughs> i was so happy that you could come out and see the show and everything and just to spend time with you, of course. Hell yeah, I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, spooky season. <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah. But continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they kind of had an intervention. They were, like, just giving me all these things that they noticed. And it was funny because I thought I was, like, putting up a facade. I thought I was doing a great job of keeping – not keeping – my relationship under control but like keeping what people saw under control because I felt embarrassed you know man you know I've been there we're gonna talk about that (laughs) yeah so I felt really embarrassed because I I thought something was wrong with me that I was being abused and I also thought maybe I was being dramatic feeling like I was being abused Mm. so I just didn't want to say anything or like talk about it. So it was almost like, even though I was happy that people reached out, like I felt almost like they were mad at me, but they weren't, they weren't. But I, I think it was just, but that, it was like another piece of it. Cause like my, my ex kind of started to talk to, to me about my friends and would like, plant these ideas these like completely false ideas about my friends being against me what yeah like damn she would she'd like look at a photo i had like photos of my improv team around my apartment which i know is weird but i was like i really you know (laughs) some of these people are like very good friends still i mean you met clark you know clark yeah and she would she would like look at these photos and be like you see clark he you can see in his eyes he hates you what yeah and so and like i've known clark i have been around clark yeah like, conversations this is like the least threatening person ever exactly I've never in my think that he was of danger was wishing ill upon anyone yeah i don't think clark hates anything like yeah exactly so you know i was kind of like i knew my friends had my best interests So I was like, all right, you know what? You're right. Like, I want to figure out how to get out of this safely because I knew she was very explosive and it would just, 
you know, I, I know she has mental health problems, so I got to acknowledge that. I think that played a lot into her her explosiveness. But it would just be like we're sitting there having dinner, and then it was like something happened, like a bomb went off, but it was her, you know? And so I just didn't understand it, and I, I knew it was going to be really bad. So we, like, planned for about a month and a half to get out to like really like to to like cut all ties and um you know just like make sure like there's nothing in the apartment that she'd want back you know there was no way because because my friend steve who lived in boston at this time was like everybody's dming me and they're really worried about you and he was like yeah he was like that's a lot that people from Philly and LA are DMing me to talk to me, to talk to you about this. And I was like, yeah, I guess that is pretty bad. I think it's really noticeable, you know? So he was like, this is the thing, like this person. And thank God he was just so wise about relationships. Cause he was like, she's going to try to get back in any angle and you can't let that happen. You have to make sure everything, every door window, you know, every theoretical door and window is like shut tight and locked so she can't get back in and uh i did you know after a month and a half of planning we did it you know and he was like i I made sure to talk to people that so they can like you know be sure to check their phones and be there to support you and you know Mm -hmm. i know you're gonna feel hurt you're gonna feel upset too because it's a relationship but you have to stay strong you have to keep out of it and I did and I thought that it was going to be like that's it it's over and of course it wasn't (laughs) no of course not no and uh one day I just opened my my front door and she was just there (laughs) oh fucking hell that just sounds like such a scary movie man it really was it freaked me out it freaked me out because I lived in the kind of place that had gates like locked gates and sometimes no joke. It was so hard to get in there. I with even with keys, I couldn't get in sometimes. <laughs> so it freaked me out, and that was like one of the things. And then, uh, you know, I can't confirm this. I don't have cameras around, but I knew she had my spare key because she basically lived with me, even though I was like that wasn't okay. <laughs> she like basically lived there, and. Uh, I got home from work one day and my roommate's cat didn't like her and he was really freaked out. Mm. And there were my roommate that at the time. That's always a sign when the cat doesn't like you. Yes, exactly. If, if animals <laughs> don't yes. like, I I can think of one dog who ever snapped at me and she was like, like an abused rescue dog that was left for dead in an apartment. Like it's one time. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know she has. Sophie had a rough life. Um. But yeah, so it was, the cat was freaked out. There was a banana peel on the kitchen counter and I would never do that. Like, I'm so freaked out about bugs and stuff. Like, I would never, ever do that. And she would always put the toilet lid down. And I, I, like, I'll admit, like, I just don't do that. Um, And so it was like things like that. And then I had like a Phillies blanket that was always in my room and it was left on the sofa. Mm. And I think I, I strongly suspect that she came in and went through my stuff while I was gone. And, and then decided to have a fucking banana snack? Like, what the hell? I, 
I guess so. It's so fucking weird, man. Yeah. And at the time, my roommate uh, traveled for work. She worked for like a production company and she wasn't there. So I was like, it's not it's not like my roommate had a weird like moment where she decided to do all this weird (laughs) shit. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, so I changed the locks and, uh, you know, I was like, I can't, I'm not going to, like, accuse this person or, like, make it, like, I want, I think she wanted me to, like, lash out and be like, stay in my house. So I was like, I'm not going to even, and that was the other thing, I was in therapy, my therapist was like, don't ever acknowledge her, like, under no circumstances, like, even if she's screaming, don't look at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, like, the best advice I ever got. Uh and you'll think, you know, we'll hear, we'll understand why. But um, I, I like moved forward with my life, and there were just like random, like she would always show up at, sh- not always, but she would occasionally show up at my shows. And it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. And she, she kind of had started to get into comedy um, during our relationship. And so it wasn't like so outlandish but still like i would never go unless i was like super cool with my ex like i wouldn't go to my ex's comedy show you know yeah and, why? <laughs> yeah and she would just get really physically close to me and kind of like until i acknowledged her and even though my therapist was like she wants she's feeding off that like just don't give it to her Sometimes I would just to get her, like, to get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, you almost feel like you have to train yourself not to acknowledge someone. Yeah, yeah, you really do. And, um, one, like, so after that, I, like, locked down my, or no, there was one more thing. And then I was like, all right, social media has to get locked down. So I tweeted a stupid joke about going to the Silver Lake Farmer's Market to pick up women. Total joke. I don't really do it. I would just go and get lunch every Saturday with my friend Monty and uh, guess who was there the following weekend? No. Yeah, she was just there. And, no. And I was like, I all through this, I was like, maybe it's all coincidence, you know? Maybe it's just like a small town. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, it's a big city, but maybe it's still just a small town and we keep running into each other and it's uncomfortable, you know? And so... I kept telling myself, like, maybe it's just a weird coincidence. So, but then I locked down my, my social media. And that was when, my, like, my therapist was like, hey, I think you should get a restraining order. Mm. And I was like, no, I think that's dramatic. I don't think, I don't think so. I think that sounds too much. And um, she was like, well, please just at least, like, keep keep a log of these situations, you know? Even if you just... You know, nothing that you have to acknowledge every day, but just like, I don't know, a Google form or something like that. So I did. And thank God I did it because it got so bad that I finally got this really cool job working for like a, I won't say the name of it, but it was like a big humor website doing like GIFs and memes. And I was so pumped about it, but I was nervous to say anything online because I was like, I just don't want her to mess with me in any way. And I was like, I can tell she still sees my stuff on social media. And finally, I was like, forget it. I'm going to I'm going to put it on LinkedIn, make it LinkedIn official. And bam, that's she posted. She wrote a post accusing me of physically abusing her. Unfucking believable. Yeah. And. 
I was like just devastated and it was like um it was like a time so what kind of cued it off was this one this a friend of mine Kate who had been briefly friends with her my ex when uh Kate first moved here said that my ex reached out to her and was like oh you know I don't think you should have Jen Curcio she Kate was Kate did a show at UCB theater uh, which is like you know it used to be like a big theater in LA and um I mean I guess it still is but like after the pandemic it's like all big shake up but anyway uh I was in Kate's show at UCB and my ex was like you should take her out of the show and Kate was like oh thank you so much for your concern like nothing has happened um but thank you so much for reaching out and just kind of try to like brush her off and that's when she like posted posted and was like you shouldn't let this abuser in your shows and stuff like that with my name with my name so I was like oh my fucking god and you know again I don't know if it was just a coincidence or if it was intentionally done but she had friended a lot of my coworkers at that call at the you know big humor website. <laughs> I almost slipped about it, but and <laughs> I was seven to one. <laughs> so they saw this. So like some of my coworkers were like, "Hey, are you okay?" And some of them were like, "I mean, weird with me," which I get. Oh, like okay. if if I read that someone had like beaten a woman, I would be weird with them too. Yeah, that's awesome. action. Yeah, so but I was like devastated, and I, I seriously I felt suicidal. Like I didn't think it was ever gonna stop. Um, I didn't see how I had any recourse because I thought if I do try to take any kind of action to like fix this, I might look like I'm trying to silence somebody or like I'm trying to, you know, keep my victim quiet. And that just wasn't the case, you know? And so um, fortunately Clark and a few other friends, you know, stayed with me to make sure I didn't do any self-harm. And, um, you know, I talked to a friend who has some, he has some like PR experience and he was, he suggested um, post, not like negating anything that she said, but, just just offering up like my point of view through the experience that I lived in with that relationship and you know offering like you know that I didn't abuse you know as far as well not just as far as I, I know like I know that I didn't hit her but just kind of like gently offer that information up and say like yeah of course relationships are hard I can see how you might feel um, hurt by one ending but you know there was no physical abuse on my end of things and you know he also suggested I reach out to all the theaters and offer my transparency about it and share that log with them and I did and um, they you know after they investigated they, they said they didn't even hear about it but they were like we'll look into it <laughs> mm. since you since you brought it up we'll look into it which I was fine with because I was fine about it <laughs> right yeah. um they actually said that they wanted to ban her because other people had complaint you know complaints and so that they felt uncomfortable and you know there were like incidences of sexual harassment with women and, and stuff like that Ooh, so what? yeah so 
Damn, it's like the post flags, right? The post red flags. You're like, wait I, a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're accusing me of being the abuser when you're the problem and you've been yeah. a problem. Yeah. And Damn. I didn't even realize that so many people had a problem with their... <sighs> yeah. So it was, it was wild. Hmm? Oh, I was saying that's just fucking nuts. Oh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then only one theater owner was like oh you know what if if we ban her she might get pissed and kill her <laughs> and i was like wait what and like, she was whoa, like whoa. yeah so she was like can you meet me and i, I want to have a talk with you and i was like okay and she was just like very honest she was like what what i heard and what i read was really disturbing and you know I think it's best if you get the restraining order. And I was like, what? Because it was like two people saying it really means I should probably do it. So uh, I still thought maybe, just maybe it was dramatic. So I actually reached out to my ex's ex and I was like, hi, I'm so sorry to do this. Um, Reach out on Facebook, but I'm scared. And I'm wondering if I'm, if I'm being ridiculous right now and I kind of like gave her a brief synopsis of everything and this woman was so great I'm so grateful for her because within an hour she emailed you know messaged me back and she was like you know I'm actually a psychiatrist now and it's my personal and professional opinion that you are in danger and I was like what <laughs> oh like, no a third person. Hell, this is not what I was expecting <laughs> Yes. Well, I mean, in a way, I was like, I was scared, but I was relieved to hear it because I needed to hear it. You know, like I really just I needed, yeah, like I needed confirmation because I thought maybe, like, there was a part of me that was like, maybe I, you know, maybe somehow she did feel abused by me. Like I know I didn't physically hurt her, but I was like, maybe, you know, like emotionally, I'm an abusive person, or somehow I manipulated her, even though I wasn't aware of it. So I was like kind of gaslit you know and yeah I I, so like she told me this like really scary fucking story about um our ex right like immediately as soon as they started dating she wanted this woman the psychiatrist we'll we'll call her the psychiatrist um our ex wanted the psychiatrist to move in with her and she was like, hey, it's pretty early. I don't think that's a good choice. And our ex's roommate was like, well, she can't because I'm, I'm on this lease for four more months and I, don't, I can't break a lease. Like, I don't want that to go against my credit. So what our ex did was she waited until the roommate went to work. She punched holes in the wall. Oh! She, yeah. <laughs> oh, the fuck, man. Yes. And then she <sighs> broke a glass table and then like inflicted injury on herself until she was like you know banged up looking and like bloody gosh man fucking hand that rocks the cradle or some shit yes! that's like exactly <laughs> you know me think of one of those like psychotic thrillers like fatal attraction yes and what, what the hell that movie beyonce was in it was like the oh, same obsession. situation there you go yes <laughs> like yes. what the fuck so I couldn't believe it, but I was like, why the fuck would she lie to me about this? <laughs> so, uh, 
she did all that and then she called 911 and because they lived in like a small town the cops were just itching to do something they went to that woman's work and they hauled her ass out of her office in handcuffs mm. she, she had to yeah she had to sit in jail over the weekend because it was a friday oh, that's so fucked up I mean, at that point, I, I actually threw up on the phone with this woman. Oh, I was so panicked just hearing, like, it's not just my reputation that's on the line. Like, I could actually, like, if she decides to press charges or something, I could go to jail. Like, even though I didn't do anything, you right, know, like, but she could try to make it like, you know, she would go to that damn length. Yeah. And I yeah. just was so terrified. And. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. And what ended up happening with that was our ex said that her girlfriend had witnessed it. And because my, because yeah. And so at the, she, they went to trial and this poor woman had to spend like tens of thousands of dollars on legal, you know, representation and everything. Mm -hmm. And because the girlfriend didn't want to lie under oath, because she knew she wanted to be a therapist and she didn't want any kind of like bad marks on her record. She told the truth and she was like, I did not witness this. So they had to throw the whole case out because there was no like witness or like evidence that was really plausible. So they threw it out. And fortunately that woman got to, you know, you know, after all that, I mean, that's, that's a lot. So I wouldn't say it is a lot. That's a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah. She didn't get off scot-free, but she got to like, not go to jail <laughs> even though she was innocent so yeah then like two days later uh I, I like printed out all my stuff and i went to the petition for a restraining order and, yeah and i was i was given it uh the first time around and the court hearing was as you can imagine wild uh my ex could not control herself mm -mm -mm. Yeah, and she, like, showed up late and, you know, just, it was just wild. And then um, she filed for a, a motion for reconsideration, and she got an attorney, and I had to go back again, and it was just weird. It was like, all right, if I abused you, like, why are you trying to, like, keep it so you can stay around me then, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. So she didn't win that. Like the judge was like, no, I'm not going to reconsider my, my orders. And then um, she, she got a different attorney and then she started threatening with a lawsuit, like a defamation suit. And I wasn't talking about it. It was just like, because my friends, because, you know, I'm in comedy and people knew what was going on people were asking my friends about it and then my friends were like this is what's going on so then and then there was other like there were people i didn't even know who were just like that chick was really racist to me like there was um one really she's kind of a little bit famous now um a black comedian and she she was like that chick was really racist like i want people to know she's a fucking racist and this is what <laughs> happened so it was just, like, a lot of people started coming out about, like, what they did, like, their interactions with her. So she was just kind of blaming all that on me. And so she had this attorney. And this guy served me, like, seven times in one week. What the <laughs> hell? 
yeah like I got served papers seven times in one week and it was like very stressful and it was like funny because the the one guy and he he goes the second time he goes now I know it's not you <laughs> and I was yeah. cracking up and he was like you know I gotta admit when I had to like come up here and serve you these papers I was scared I thought you were some like monstrous person and I was like nope not not at all <laughs> And we just kind of like chatted and like laughed a little bit about it. But um, yeah, so like that was one thing. And then it just continued to get worse. Like um, she eventually got a total. Oh, all right. I'm like so much happened. I'm like, what happened next? So she got yet another set of attorneys that were like so much money. Allegedly. What I heard through the uh, grapevine was that her dad sold his house to fund this attorney. Oh. Yeah. And uh, they tried to get a restraining order against me in a totally different town. And I had my friend who served her the papers for my restraining order. She was also trying to get a restraining order against him. And this judge was just like, pissed he was like you know i waited until after lunch to hear this because i saw i read this on my docket and i was mad (laughs) damn yeah the judge said that yeah he really did he was like i you know i wanted to give you all the benefits of the doubt and just you know hear your thing but no he was like i think that you're continuing abuse through the court system and i won't allow it and he denied the restraining order. Plus, I, I said, hey, you know, I agree to be res- restrained. Like, I don't, I don't want to be near this person, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And then after that, um, she got yet another attorney who was, like, just out for blood. Like, this lady was something else. And... Susan and it was often written in all caps I'm not sure why (laughs) (laughs) but she went after me she threatened me with a lawsuit and at that point I had an attorney and it was already quite costly just to have him represent me like just just I didn't even go to court yet like I just to have a retainer it was like four thousand dollars and I had to I had to do a fucking GoFundMe. I didn't have money. I got I was unemployed, um, so I it was just wild, and it was uh, it took up so much of my mental space. And he actually asked for more money because of the lawsuit threats, and she was continually like sending papers to his office, and she never they never filed for a lawsuit. They just threatened with it, and. She, the attorney emailed all the theaters and suggested that, that I be banned from everything. What? <laughs> yeah, which of course made the theaters be like, no, but like, we're definitely going to remind you that your client is banned. So please make sure she knows that. <laughs> you know? Man. Yeah. And then the, the attorney started to go after other comedians. Like, even if she suspected that they talked about her, she would send a cease and desist order. Oh my gosh, man. She so, like, was on a total warpath. She really was. And it was like, you're just making yourself look worse. Like, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. You're just going after anyone for just the tiniest thing now. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And so, like, 
it was like, wow, like first, like I was quiet, you know, like I, I didn't care to talk about it. I felt, you know, honestly nervous and scared to go in public spaces. And this chick's out here just like slapping lawsuits at everybody, (laughs) you know? And, um, yeah, so it finally went to the appeal. And because my attorney kept getting more money from me, I just couldn't do it. So I, I had to, like, let that one go. And I went to court with one of my really good friends, Luce, who you, of course, met. Yes. Yeah. Very talented and funny and a ray of sunshine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and she, you know, we had to go to this appellate court. And it was, like, weird. It was, like appeal court is like totally different from like civil court and it was like a panel of very old judges one guy came out of fucking retirement to judge this case and I was like wait what why (laughs) yeah like I was like why so it was like you know I hate to to say it but I was like it was like six old white people (laughs) oh man who I'm gonna assume were all straight there was one woman and um yeah, they ruled, they said, allegedly, my friend didn't serve her one of the pieces of paper about how to respond to the restraint. Not true, but it's like, how do you prove that? You know, right. how, do you prove- how do you prove that a piece of paper was missing after so much time? <laughs> exactly. Mm. And this was, I think, was it? Yeah, it was two years later, you know? So it was. Come on. Yeah, so. <laughs> I lost the appeal, but also like, of course, I was going to lose the appeal. I didn't, I didn't have money for an attorney at that point, you know. So, she, yeah, and then, in a weird way, and I'm not grateful that the pandemic happened, but I'm grateful because everything shut down. So I didn't, you know, I felt safer. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I felt safer being locked. At home. No, that makes <laughs> sense. You're like, yeah. I might get a fucking break here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it just kind of like. Fortunately, you know, I mean, her side of things, allegedly, I, I don't look at her social media, but people were like checking in with me, like, are you okay? Because, you know, she's posting that she won and da And, you know, people, people weren't gross with me. People didn't see it like, oh, she won. You must be an abusive piece of shit. She was like, everyone was like, that's gross that she like kept dragging you to court and like just, you know, is like bragging and it was like a very like Trumpy thing to do. And, you know, I mean, that, that was kind of like mostly the end of it, you know? And, but it was just, yeah, it was like a pattern. It was a pattern of abuses and behaviors. I think it was like, you know, even after like to continually threaten, threaten in a legal sense and like, continually drag me back to court it was like come on you're just abusing me through the court system now that's true yeah really true damn yeah yeah that sadly and you know we've talked about this your ex had behaviors that were similar to my exes my yes ex you know like the whole popping up thing mm-hmm. you know the forced invasion of space essentially i guess you'd call that yeah you know not wanting to give you space and knowing you know that you're gonna be somewhere so I was like oh no I'm just gonna come over here even though we didn't talk about this at all I'm just gonna show yeah. up um the threats all the damn threats yeah and your friends being concerned and seeing like okay something's not right here and bringing it to your attention 
mm-hmm. like man and then the the main thing for me too with um our exes is that angry outburst like things would be fine and all of a sudden just something sets them off and it could be something so tiny and now they're just having a whole damn meltdown and you're just catching the brunt of all that anger yeah yeah i definitely when you were going through your relationship i think it hit me so hard because when you were telling me things I was like, oh my God, this is so similar to what I went through. And it was weird because I kind of feel like, I kind of felt like I had like a, and I'm not blaming you or anything like this, but I'm just saying, I feel like I had like a PTSD reaction because when you would tell, I would listen to your audio messages about it and it would feel like everything was really loud to me. Like physically, it was like everything was very loud. And I was like, oh man, like, my body is actually reacting to what she's saying. Like I mentally and physically I'm having a reaction, you know, oh, man. I definitely didn't mean to cause that. at all. No, no, that you didn't cause it at all. They no, did. I know. I know. <laughs> but I mean, just to even say like, for what it's worth for sure. And I, I've told you this before. I just appreciate so much that I did have you as a huge support system to get through because you could relate because you've been through this shit and I, I've never been with somebody that was that emotionally just mentally unstable and yeah. doing all that stuff so the fact that you were like yeah well <laughs> this is looking very familiar to me right now and you were able to even just tell me everything you had been through I'm like yeah this is not good because I remember when you were going through it and just hearing some of the stories I didn't know everything but I mean, what I did know, I was like, this is just, this is, sounds like an unsafe, just unsettling situation. And I knew you definitely didn't deserve that kind of fucking treatment at all, Yeah, you know? So yeah. it was just, it was helpful to know that, damn, this didn't just happen to me. It isn't because, you know, I was stupid or something, because I feel like to what you were saying earlier about like feeling embarrassed and things like that just the feelings you have kind of blaming yourself or in a way saying maybe I deserve this or whatever it's it's good to know that you're not the only person that's felt like that in that situation yeah not that you want anybody feel shitty but you know you don't want to feel like you're alone in this thing it's like okay no it's not just me I'm not to blame here it's this person's behavior you know it's it's what they're doing yeah definitely and I like a nice, a really good thing that came from therapy was like right off the bat, my therapist said people like that often go for people that they see something that they want in themselves. Mm. And, you know, she was like, it's actually, because I said that, I, I kind of brought up how I felt really stupid. Like, you know, why did I let myself get abused? Why did I not just walk out? Yeah, I had the same questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my therapist said it's actually usually people who are, you know, have higher intelligence that do get abused because, you know, like she was saying, you know, the the abuser wants something from that person. Like they want to emulate what they have. So they latch on and because most people are just trustworthy and, you know, they want to trust people. So they, they let them come in and because it is kind of rare. It's like how many times? You know, how many people, uh, like, I, I didn't know anyone who had been in a situation like this. Either. And it makes sense because just the way we felt about being embarrassed about it and maybe not 
all the details, not to worry the people we loved about it. A lot of people don't want to talk about it. So I get it. You know, yeah. I get that part of it. Definitely. But I'm glad. I'm glad that I could share it with you. And I'm glad that, you know, you were open to hearing it. Because I think sometimes I wasn't open to hearing friends talk to me about it. because you know know, I had friends that talked to I didn't get and listen a lot of people did not know a lot of the details you knew you know I I really Mm -hmm. felt like I could tell you everything because of what you had been through just to know like damn okay I'm not like alone in this and I again like you said who how what are the odds of knowing somebody who's been through this it's like okay you might hear about somebody like throwing a drink at somebody and they leave and that's the end of it but not this just ongoing abuse and people just acting like they're out for blood you know because you're I guess responding to them as a partner in the way they want you to or whatever the hell it is you know it's just it's really unsettling having to be with somebody who you love but then they just seem to become your worst enemy and you don't know what to do about it definitely yeah and I think that's like another thing is the part about, you know, loving the person, but also being like, this is also like my worst enemy, <laughs> you know, like that's like yeah, such a, fucked up. yeah, like mentally, it, like it really fucks you up. Cause you're like, wait, like, I love this person, but like, this person's horrible. <laughs> yeah, like, damn. But I think it's also because you and I are the type of people where we do try to give folks the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know? and, and we don't try to just base their whole entire character on all the negative traits we're like okay there's some good here there's some redeemable qualities but of course like with our situations when that negative part starts to outweigh the positive then I guess that's the point where you're like okay I gotta wake up out of this stupor and get out of this shit like ASAP yeah yeah it's definitely a a rude awakening well, I can definitely say I'm so glad that you got the fuck out of that. Thank <laughs> and you. I fully approve of your current partner. <laughs> very healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rooting for both of y'all as always. So I'm just thankful for that. I'm Thank just very you. thankful that you're so far removed from that. But I do want to ask because, you know, again, I know we've talked about stuff, but do you feel like going through that situation has put you even more on edge just in general. Cause I feel like that's what's happened to me. Not where I'm like super duper paranoid, but I feel like I'm more, you know, I'm a little more on edge than I used to be because of that situation. Of course. Yeah. I think I'm definitely more on edge and sometimes it's, it's worse than other times. Like I feel like on a day to day basis, it's like, all right, you know, you kind of have to be alert in some, like, certain spaces where, like, I I have to admit, like, I think you know this already that, um, you know, a few weeks ago when I was hosting my own show, I was paranoid. I was really freaked out that, you know, she might pop up at the show or something. And, um, you know, unfortunately, she, I guess because of the pandemic, I don't know. She, she got very into, you know, right wing things and like very into like yeah, like QAnon. <laughs> so I, I was just like scared. I was like, how far is this gonna, you know? 
I don't want to say that everyone who's right away in, in the QAnon has a gun, but I was like, it seems like they love I mean, guns. That <laughs> seems a part of the brand, so it does. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah. Um, honestly, I, I've thought even about, and I, I, I do want to do it. Um, I should involved in um, not politics. Like I don't want to run for anything, but like. You know, I I would love it if they had more gun control in the country. Like overall, not even just because of my experience, but one oh, thing no, I, I agree. I mean, shit. All you got to do is look at what's trending and news, and it seems like it's always some shit involving a gun. Yeah, and I think like even though I, you know, she tried to get the restraining order against me, and so I guess I wouldn't be able to get a gun. I don't have guns. I don't care to have a gun. But I really wish that anyone who's had a restraining order against them. Not, not to shit on a second was it the second amendment right but I, I don't think you should be allowed to have a gun <laughs> you know no, like, i can agree with that I, <laughs> yeah listen, i don't i totally agree with that yeah, yeah. and I, I don't care like if, if that means i never get a gun like i didn't have the restraining order against me but like you know even if that like hits a red flag i don't care like just i don't think it's it's right I don't either. I mean, any sign of abuse is just, mm-hmm. no, I think you should not be allowed to have a gun, period. Yeah. Because how many times do we hear about people who, you know, have been accused of being abused or maybe they do have records of being abused and they end up murdering somebody or something, yes. you know? So, no, I think we do need to stop that shit at the source. As soon as, as, soon as that becomes a problem, no, we need to take care of it. Don't yeah. wait until something tragic happens. For sure. Um, yeah i mean i hope that you can eventually you know find some solace in it and like not feel as uh on alert you know i kind of eventually not be as alert (laughs) i hope so i think it's just going to be a time thing i feel like mm -hmm. like the more farther removed i am from the situation uh that i'll feel more comfortable as far as that goes where i don't feel as on edge but I can say at least that I do just feel a lot better in spirit. I feel like I'm in a much healthier place just overall, especially mentally and emotionally from that situation because, it, you know, I was forced to sit with myself or at least I say I forced myself to sit with myself to, you know, ask myself how the hell did I allow for this to go on and, you know, just being attracted to somebody like that and hanging on for so long. Like it's something within me that, that you know, was feeding that. So, you know, what do I need to do to make sure that this shit doesn't happen to me again? And just making sure I really lean more into myself and doing what's true to me has been so helpful because I know for a fact that everything I've accomplished this year, even just going to visit in LA, there's no way I would have been able to do that if he, this dude was still in the picture. Like, I just, there's just no way. Yeah. That would have been a whole entire problem. Yeah. Or he'd, force himself to like force himself in the visit oh gosh yeah like no like that would have been the second thing like no he would have had to come along and no it just just no yeah (laughs) just no so no I'm so grateful that I'm on the other side of it and I do think you know with time it'll get better so yeah I'm just I'm thankful for that but I'm really especially even more thankful to you for coming on and making the time to tell your story because I know it's not an easy story to tell but I truly hope that anybody who's listening to this 
can get something out of it, whether they're in a situation like this now, and this is the sign they need to get the hell out, or anybody who may come across something like this, that they can see the signs and get the hell out and save themselves some trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just want to say, I'm so proud of you for getting out of it, because I know it's so hard, and I know it's so scary. I'm just proud of you for taking all those steps and also doing all that work and just, you know, fortifying yourself so it never happens again. And yeah, absolutely, man. Gotta, gotta, I feel like when you go through shit like that, man, you just gotta learn, to, you know, try to learn from it so you could do better. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely learned all about boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, number one, boundaries for sure. Yep. So and yeah, someone you definitely got to pat yourself on the back too. Thank shit, you. you. You still could be making excuses, yeah, excuses to be in that shit, you know? Yeah. And anytime someone jumps a boundary, I'm like, Mm-mm. yeah, I <laughs> see. That's what it's taught me too. It's like, uh, uh-uh, pay attention to your boundaries. Do not compromise your boundaries ever again because yeah. I did a whole lot in that relationship. Yeah, way more than I should have. Yeah, I used to say. Uh, in therapy that I I was a big open field that didn't have and now I realized why I had to build these fences (laughs) I love that that's a beautiful analogy I love that yeah Yeah. damn well thank you again my friend I appreciate you so much and you know you are welcome to come back again anytime to talk about anything lighter (laughs) yeah we should all the time but hey it's necessary conversations are necessary so definitely well thank you so much for having me on i I really hope it does help people and it's always a pleasure yeah absolutely me too all right well do you want to say bye to the people and possibly tell them where they can find you at yeah sure um thank you for listening and uh, you can follow me and find me at uh, on Instagram at Jen Curcio, J-E-N-C-U-R-S-E-O, because I keep it spooky. Hell yeah, she's spooky. Yeah, and then I think it's just at Jen Curcio, C-U-R-I-O on TikTok. But I don't really go on TikTok, but if you want to, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> she's working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. And now, folks, we have come to the conclusion of part one of this episode. Ooh, I guess I kind of should have mentioned that earlier. This is going to be a two-parter, y'all, because there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get into. So this is just part one. And the next part will be dropping next Thursday, 12, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please tune in and you'll get to hear Autumn's side of my breakup story. You definitely do not want to miss that. And if y'all are not already following me on Twitter and Instagram, please do at Justine Monique. J-U-S-T-I-N-E-M-O-N-I-K-U-E. Bye.